Hello there, everybody, and welcome back to the Great Transylvanian Bite-Off, where this week we're going to take it slow. We're going to answer some questions, we're going to drink our coffees, and maybe we'll talk about our Dracula movie a little bit later on. I'm Daniel Kunkel. And I'm Evan Morkal. And today we've got two great questions from friend of the show, Marielle. Marielle. And these were sent on Instagram, so if you have questions, send them. Because we love answering questions about this strange niche that we now have a wide expertise on, I would say. Probably way too much knowledge about. Would you put this on a resume? <laughs> Either a real one or a theatrical one. Evan yes. works as an actor and as a real person. So he's get he gets two different resumes. Uh, yeah, I'm going to put it on both, actually. On both? It's, it's going to be under my special skills yeah. on my theatrical resume, mm -hmm. obviously. Um, and then on, on my, my professional resume, <laughs> I'm just going to list them all. I'm going to list every movie we've watched. Okay. And then I'm going to say I was a, a, a podcast co-host for them. Okay. I, I, I find the trend of, um, objectives on your resumes. Uh -huh. I find those very weird and I, yeah. I don't like them. And I was worried that I had to have one before I texted my mother and was like, do I have to have this? And she was like, gross, do not do that. <laughs> but I would put that in my objective. I would find a way to weave it in and be like, I want to bring my love and passion for watching every single Dracula movie to this data entry job. Please hire me. <laughs> um, so our first question, we teased this a little bit. Who are your top five most Dateable Draculas. I don't know if we have to enter this individually. I think with five, maybe we can pool our resources a little bit because I, I was, bet we'll have the exact same answers anyway. I was going to say, I'm not sure we're going to come up with 10 different Draculas between the mm -hmm. two of us. No. Um, do, do we want to figure out the list and then maybe try and rank them? Yeah, I think so. I think we have to break this down in terms of what they bring to the table. Yes. Um, this will also, I think this can exist out of continuity of the episode two weeks ago where we absolutely lambasted the idea of dating Dracula and him <laughs> as a romantic lowercase r figure um, because no way. It's actually amazing. I think humor charisma carries right over. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's actually, yeah. So let's look at our humor and charisma. Highest ones jumping out at me. Dracula 2020. Yeah. Dracula Untold. Dracula Untold. Uh, we got an 8.3 on Dracula 2000. That's not Jerry bad. Butler. That's pretty good. That's not bad. Um, we've got Dracula and Son with a nine. Don't remember doing... Were we drunk for that episode? I don't <laughs> we're remember. Just like Christopher <laughs> Lee's finally charming. We're giving it to That's him. That's very true. And he was French, and there's a little bit of eloquence yeah. with that. Yeah. Um, the Night That Dracula Saved the World. I remember that one actually being... That's a pretty good one, honestly. Yeah. I feel like that was a... Maybe that's like a like if this were a fuck Mary kill situation, that's the Mary <laughs> one, you know, like he, he's got a little dad energy going. I on. didn't. Yeah, I didn't think there'd be one that was genuinely dateable. That might actually be one, though. Yeah. The night that Dracula saved the world, uh, if you don't remember, because why on earth would you? Uh, this was a it was a short TV special. Uh, it did win an Emmy Award for it, which Somehow. is insane. Uh, Judd Hirsch was Count Dracula in this one, and he was kind of the leader of all the monsters. So the witch and the mummy and Frankenstein's monster, um, these Wolfman, these sorts of figures. And the witch was trying to uh, just hostile takeover Halloween, yeah. basically, from him. Yeah. He, Judd Hirsch is very dateable, I think. Judd Hirsch was very date because he was in charge of things. But what what made him stand out to me was at the end of it, he was willing to admit he was wrong. Yeah, I agree. That's a big step. Also, I think, yeah, admitting fault is, I think, what's going to that's what makes a Dracula stand out for me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm also going to say he's got the dance moves. All right. Oh, he does have the. We yes. saw him break it down during the credits. I take it back. This is a very dateable Dracula. I think this is probably a top five dateable Dracula. Yep, Night That Dracula Saved the World, also known as the Halloween that almost wasn't. But Dracula Saved the World sounds better. Yeah. Um, I'm going to put a little star next to that. I think uh, I think he's a, oh, he's a keeper. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think that's a good one. Yeah. Um, and then we've also got Van Helsing 9.3, of course. Yeah. Um, House he's of Dracula has an 8, which is a little low. Yeah. 
Van Helsing, we we loves the guy, but I <sighs> he seems like the guy that you go on one date with, but you don't go on a date with ever again. He's just a little intense, isn't he? Yeah. I think he might be able to fool you with with the hair and the smile and the fast talking. Then very, I mean, very charming, very outrageously charming. charming. But I think dateable implies repeatability. Who's the guy there's you're going to come back to? There's and a consistency. This is not a Dracula you can sit on the couch and watch your bait, your yeah. bake off with. You know, it's yeah. not that kind of guy. Yeah, he's not going to want that. Dude. He's going to exhaust you, too. You know what I mean? He's going to be Absolutely. like, we got to go out to dinner tonight. And tomorrow I'm going to take you to this place. I'm going to fly you over here on my bat wings. <laughs> I'm going to throw out a controversial choice. Okay. okay. Christmas at Dracula's. Whoa, Christmas at Dracula's. Because he's fixable. Okay, explain. I think, I'm. I mean, I am... As a lot of us are, I think a lot of us sometimes look at people and either romantically or as just friends, we're like, I can, I can fix you. I can make mm. you better. <laughs> and it's not fair. And you shouldn't look at people that way. <laughs> but this is a Dracula at a low, when it's Dracula, you can't, because this is a Dracula at a low point in yeah. his life. Yeah, it's a good point. So I feel like he'd be willing to make some more compromises than a lot of other Draculas would be. Oh, are you saying that his standards are so low that he'll, like, mm -hmm. come up to you? <laughs> exactly. It's a different way of looking at dating, and I'm not saying it's good. This whole conversation is not a good way to talk about dating someone. Yeah. Of course. True. That's true. But it's Dracula, so we can make fun of him. Yeah. No, I kind of like that. I hear what you're saying. I hear what Just you're kind saying. of a different angle on it, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I know we've already talked about it um, a little bit. Dracula and son, he's got a nine. That's true. And he's French. He speaks French. Does speak French. He's I'm got a son. Gonna, I'm just going to say this. Dracula from Dracula and son, he's got ambitions, right? He's a That's guy. That's true. He's, he started... As Dracula, all right? He makes a career shift. He ends up a movie star, okay? And he really develops his brand, embraces his fame. He's making strides. He's gaining ground on this world. I think there's something to be made for, like, look, if you don't, if you don't want a reclamation project, you want to you date somebody who's already done the thing. You want move-in ready, Dracula. He might be your guy. He's certainly a power couple, Dracula, I think. Yeah, I, I think that's a great way of putting it. You know, when you join up with him, you're immediately entering the public public view. You are yes. a public figure. He's our Fifty Shades of Grey Dracula, I would oh, say. absolutely. <laughs> that's the comparison. So absolutely. For some people, that's what they're looking for, and we don't judge anyone on this show. So yeah. I, I'll put him on the list. I'll I meet you there. on the list. He's also got a son, so clearly, you know, clearly yeah. he has dated at some point. You, you, you sure hope. Right. You, you, I mean, you, yeah. Yeah. For, for my mental hand, sanity, he did. Um, yeah. Dracula 2020. He's our highest scoring humor and charisma. Yeah. What do you think about him? Um, I think he's very dateable because here's the thing. He's a total maniac, mm -hmm. but I think he knows how to put on a face. So before you really get to know him he's he's gonna charm you he's gonna mm. work you and i think unlike some he's not too impatient you know mm. he, I mean, he took his time with jonathan mm -hmm. right yeah you know he made that last he didn't just be he wasn't all in in one night uh this he he didn't let his freak flag fly too soon and i think that could make him dateable and in a way i do not condone as a person Dude's just, he's wicked charming. Yeah. He is, he is a smooth operator. He can talk to anyone. That, and that's the problem. I keep, gotta pull my, keep pulling myself back. Because he, this is not a Dracula you're going to live with forever. This is which Dracula is the most dateable. Yeah. And I would, I would date Dracula 2020. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Hmm. So I think I think he's got to be on the list. I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that. Um, the, the one I kind of struggle with, and I really love your input here, Dracula Untold. Okay, mm. he's got a nine. He right? does have a nine. In some yeah. ways, he's clearly dateable. 
He's uh, let's Absolutely. be honest, Luke Evans. He's really handsome. All right, handsome man right looks great. Family guy. Family guy. This is this is a Dracula. He you loves want to watching take home Family Guy. <laughs> loves Family. Yes, guy. take him. Yeah, take him out of the parents. Absolutely. Parents. Yeah. However, mm-hmm. and this could just be, and not that I have any problem with this. I am a homebody. Okay, I am made mm. for the domestic life. Absolutely. So it's not like I'm calling anyone out. <clears throat> I'm just saying. He seems like by far the most boring choice to me. Mm, mm-hmm. He's a Dra- I think you're right. He's a Dracula. He is the most marryable Dracula. Yes. Yes. I don't know. I don't. I think. I think if you're maybe if you're not looking for something too exciting, then yeah, yeah this is a good one. You know, but it, it, hmm. But does that get him in over some of our other guys that are? You know, when it comes to who's the, the, left so far, we've got Night that Dracula Saved the World, Christmas yeah. of Dracula's Dracula and Son and Dracula 2020. Who's yeah. left? Who's have, left that is exciting, but isn't a murderer? Well, or as much of a mur- they're all murderers, but not as about, much. We haven't talked about Jerry that much yet. <sighs> Jerry, Jerry. I think Jerry's too fixated on his ex, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Jerry hasn't gotten over dating Jesus, maybe. That's a really good point. That's a really good point. He's not done with it. He still thinks about it on a nightly basis. And listen, that's not someone you can build a life with. He feels really bad about it. Uh, A murderer, I'll allow. But if someone's just going to literally have psychic visions about their ex from 2,000 years ago, I don't think you should put yourself through that. You're just going to end up hurt in the end. (laughs) here's here's something for jerry though okay okay all right okay think about draculas that are willing to push themselves out of their comfort zone okay okay (laughs) jerry okay yeah ends up in new orleans of all places pursuing a college girl all right yeah that's that's quite a departure from what we're used to and that's a red flag. That's for a me. red flag. I was just <laughs> going to say. But, no, but continue. Continue. I think you, it's you're probably building. a bad thing because of the incredible age difference. Um, <laughs> but um, <laughs> they, I don't is, think they ever clarified if she was over 18 in that movie. Did she they did not. She was in college. She was. She she was. She was. She could have. She could be really young. Even though. still. Yeah. If she's if she's like 19 or still 18. Not cool. Not cool, Jerry. Mm-hmm. Um. Even still, all right, he's willing to go to the CD store, okay? He's looking he for is. gifts. Um, he's he's trying to get to know your friends. He may kill yes. them, yeah. but he's willing to get to know your friends. He's willing to get to know your friends, very he's true. He's willing to get to know your dad. He may kill him. <laughs> uh, you know what? I think I've talked myself out of Jerry. <laughs> I think you have. I, <laughs> I don't think, I don't know if he could be on the list. He looks great. But one last one I, I think my last i think i know my last choice actually hmm. scooby-doo and the reluctant werewolf <laughs> i was just gonna say scooby-doo he's you know he's got a temper but he's not violent you know he's just yeah. kind of you know he just gets angry sometimes he's just kind of green and maybe he cares more about his when all his friends come over to play the race car game <laughs> He he's the guy he's going to play a lot of Madden while you're dating and you're going to have to kind of tear him away from it. But I think once you get him out there and out of his shell, I do think he's a really charming and and maybe not charming, really sweet guy overall, though. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Plus, bit of a fixer upper again. But yeah, a bit of a fixer upper. But he's got land to spare. Okay. Oh, he's got Transylvania on lockdown. He's got the whole country. He's got peasants working and rooting for him like. I don't know. He might be able to wow you with some dates. I think especially if you because we see him at such a low point in that movie. I Mm -hmm. think if you saw him in his prime and he was like, do you want to come to my rally race that I run in my backyard? (laughs) That's hard to resist. I mean, I (laughs) I couldn't resist it. Certainly. I I agree. I kind of like that. All right. So right. our top five most dateable Draculas as of the time of recording. We've we've got several, several more to go. <laughs> our top five currently sit at the night that Dracula saved the world. Christmas at Dracula's. Dracula and Son. Dracula 2020. Actually released in 2020. And Scooby-Doo and the Reluctant Werewolf. Wow. That's quite a It's list. a hard list. It's a hard-hitting list. 
honestly, you said it. And I really keep coming back to Christopher Lee on this one. All right. I keep coming back to Dracula and Son because I feel like he's just got so much to work with. He's so powerful. He's just he's got he's he's just so powerful. Yeah. And I mean, also, ladies, gentlemen, friends of all types out there, like, go take a look at Christopher Lee. Okay, the guy looked great back in the day. I mean, he's what, in his 40s or 50s at this point? And you still look at him and you're like, damn. Wow. Christopher wow. Lee could get some. Like, He's definitely the older guy that you date that maybe your parents don't love. Yeah. 100%. I say this like I have any fucking experience with that. <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> but there, there's something about him. There's something about that guy. Yeah. I think, I think he's a tad, just a tad more dateable than Judd Hirsch. So your order would go Dracula and Son, mm-hmm. Night that Dracula Saved the World. Yes. I presume Dracula 2020 would go I third? I think Dracula 2020 goes third. Look. I think so. I think it's easy to say how you would, easy to see how you'd want to date him over uh, Night that Dracula Saved the World. It's yes. just the fact that we know he's a murderous maniac. Okay. That's true. And, I and that's hard to get that. over sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Look, we we know that <laughs> we know that Judd yes. Hirsch's Dracula is probably a murderer, but we don't see it to the Mm-mm. same degree. No. So I'm going to put him above him. And then we've got, I think I would actually put Reluctant Werewolf and then Christmas at Dracula's. Yeah, I I, I think I agree. I, I think, think those Christmas bottom had... two can can kind of switch yeah. depending on you, depending on your individual tastes. It just really depends on how much of a fixer upper do you want. Because yeah. I feel like um, I feel like Scooby Doo Dracula is just a little bit closer to being like, you know what? We're gonna date for a year and a half. We're gonna rush into marriage a little bit, and you know maybe it won't be great, but yeah. like he's gonna surround me with all the things I I want, yeah. and maybe not the things I need. He's a pleaser. But, oh my yeah. god, he's a ple- he's oh, a pleaser. Get out of here. Yeah, it's working too hard. I love that. Um. Who's the hottest of these of this group or of all of them? Of all, let's say of all of them. I think <laughs> it's got to be Jerry. You got to be Jerry. You going with Jerry? Okay, it's got to be Jerry, man. I think it's Jerry. Okay, okay. I'm gonna put it's in a different. It's from a different time. Okay, but I'm gonna put Bella in the running. Mmm. Because he's got that gentleman vibe going. He's he's sophisticated. He's got that dangerous 1800s vibe. <laughs> he looks a little dead inside. A little yeah. dead inside. <laughs> Super pale and you can't tell if it's the film or not. <laughs> but he looks I'm gonna great. Go, I'm going to go controversial, I think. Okay. I'm going to go outside of the movies. Oh. Castlevania. Oh. Oh, that's good. Castlevania Dracula is such a flippin' daddy. Yeah. The hair. The ha- the stash, I was just gonna say the hair and the stash. The outfit. The oh uh, the the butter melting confidence in that voice. <laughs> it's true. I, it's got I mean of the movies, I'd probably agree with you. I think I think Dracula Untold, I think Luke Evans can give him a run for his money. Yeah. It is very hard to compete with early two thousands Gerard Butler, though, with I Jerry. Mean- I like it. I think he's the closest we get to the Castlevania look, but you know, with a oh, real human are. and yeah, in 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 a live action movie, like I, even down to the coat, the hair that's a little bit messy, just messy enough. The beard, like, or though know, he doesn't have anything. I would say Batman versus Dracula. I don't love the hairline though, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the accent. I think is it, the accent is a little too put on. I was gonna say he actually just seems like too much of a predator to me. Yeah, like you look at him and be like, there. I am in danger. Like, hmm. He takes he takes the alpha male podcast vibe yeah. one step. I mean, those are. So even listen to those is one step too far, but he takes it like 15 steps too far. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He seems like the, he seems like the kind of guy who like buys pheromones so he can wear them. Oh God. Yeah. You know? Like he doesn't he smell really, good. He was really excited when Joe Rogan's new, uh, new like brain fuel crap came out. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. He was thrilled. And I feel like Castlevania Dracula spends his time 
uh, like correcting people on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like people are like, yo, man, I don't respect women. And he's like, why don't you? <laughs> say it again i know where you live i'll literally come haunt your dreams <laughs> i will come haunt your dreams if you disrespect women <laughs> yeah I like okay that. i like i think that's I think... our hottest live action and our hottest animation yeah yeah jerry and castlevania they're just jerry and castlevania they're an unstoppable duo can't go wrong can't go no, wrong can't go wrong at all um again shout out to marielle for those questions if you got one questions. out there please send them in i've actually just received a question while we are um recording here because oh. uh annika can hear me downstairs nice um and she said which dracula would make the best ethics professor oh now this is interesting this one is interesting all right all right well okay look we just talked about him but i think castlevania is actually gonna make a great great professor all right this oh man God, is yeah. learned that's a guy who, like, day one, everyone in the, cr- in the class has a crush on him, too. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, but he's not going to take advantage of that at all. Like, he doesn't care. He's so in love with his wife in the show. Yeah. That he, like, does not even... That's why he's the hottest man. He's just so dedicated to a person. Yeah. Not that you have to be dedicated to one person to be a good or attractive no. person. Uh, polyamorous people well, love you. Um, but there's something about that fierce level of love and protection. Yeah. Um, where he's not overbearing. We never see him like weird about it, like uh, <coughs> Edward Cullen. Um, no, I mean, he like leaves his wife's house for period, like large periods of time, mm-hmm. you know, like he lets her do her thing really respect and that. people and people are tweeting at him like dude just like you think she's gonna sleep with other men and he's like I, if she does that's her right as a person yeah i hope she does i trust my wife and love my wife so much i just love him so much and then he's like by the way don't sleep with my wife if you don't do, sleep I will with murder my wife <laughs> i will turn into a pillar of fire outside but your like house. it's cool if she does it's just just be she can (laughs) sleep with you you can't sleep with her yeah exactly (laughs) um i I think castlevania is good castlevania what you got what you got i think okay i know he does this for a living i think it's worth throwing out the librarian okay exactly exactly where my mind went yep because this is another dracula that's seen better times right he's learned from his experiences he's learned about the hardships of life he hasn't had it easy like other draculas on this list so I think he's got a better sense of morality than a lot of them. Can I tell you who I think the worst ethics professor would be? Yes. Dracula Untold. <laughs> he'd be horrible. He's, he'd be so bad. because Not because he's a bad guy. He'd be just so unwilling to entertain any, any other thoughts yeah. <laughs> like we see in the movie. He shows you in the movie why he'd be a bad ethics teacher. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. I, th- I yeah, I think the professor from the librarian is a really good chance. Professor Laszlo, as I believe yes. his name, his his fake name. Oh, can I, I tell you who would probably be the worst yeah. at everything? Yeah, Nosferatu. <laughs> but oh, I God. love imagining going on a date with Nosferatu. Oh, <laughs> he just sit there and growl at you. <laughs> I think it'd be worse to be in a lecture. <laughs> Professor, what was, so what, was the home, what was the homework? And he just like turns around <laughs> and stares at you. Like the, and he's not he's not mad about it. That's just how he looks. He's yeah, like, he looks. you were supposed to read page 57 and come up with three discussion questions for your small groups. And then he just like turn it back turns to the back. board. <laughs> you he you, he calls on you when you raise your hand to answer a question, and he's gonna like charge you. This... He's gonna toss a chair out of the way. He's gonna lift you up, and then he's gonna be like, "Yes." I just picture him packing up the way he does in the original movie, where he packs the coffins, <laughs> where he just like is teleporting basically to like put a bag, put like the book in the bag, and then picks it up, and then like teleports over to the other side and picks up his thermos. And then just like hovers out of the room. <laughs> no, he's also he, definitely the one you don't want to cheat on his exams on. Absolutely. Because he's not. like, okay, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Don't cheat. And he like goes to the bathroom and then people are like, hey, what if we like pass the answers? And then one person like knocks him on the shoulder and they turn and look at the top of the lecture <laughs> hall. And he's just like in the window of the lecture hall staring <laughs> down at them. <laughs> Uh, he 100 keeps a coffin in the room too (laughs) oh absolutely when in doubt if you're ever wondering who the worst is 
It's Nosferatu. It's Nosferatu. Except, except when you're asking what's the best Dracula movie. Yeah, exactly. When you're actually talking about the movies. Because um, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. When I was thinking about our version, I, uh, I thought a lot about Nosferatu. <laughs> so let's talk about our version. Yeah. So I think we got... I, I, there's a couple of important questions I think we need to figure out first and foremost. Yeah. I, we have not made it a secret that once we've watched every Dracula, we want to do Frankenstein, Black Lagoon, Wolfman. Um, and then we kind of would love to be able to do the other universal monsters. Yeah. So the question is, all these are all the same show and everything. It's all going to be part of this podcast. But do we want to create a cinematic universe with all these creatures? Do we want every, every version of this show where we change creatures, do we want them to all connect to each other? Or do we just want to try and make the perfect standalone movie? And I don't think those are necessarily separate ideas. Yeah. But I do think it's critical when we're doing our world building, because there's a lot of groundwork we can lay in Dracula that we don't need to lay if we're not going to have it connect. That's a really good point. When I was thinking about it, there's also no right or wrong answers to this. Yeah. And if you have different ideas, send us a message on yeah, Instagram it's, it's or send nice. us an email, gtbopodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your ideas. Please. We want to hear your perfect Dracula story, too. When I was conceiving mine, okay. I don't know why that's the word I chose. <laughs> <laughs> um, when, I love it. I'm yep. not backing down. When I conceived my Dracula plot line, <laughs> I thought of it as. Uh, as a three-part story um okay and in my mind it's you know whether or not that means three movies it means a mini series i think that's kind of what i was debating but i still think of it in terms of one two three and that yeah. leaves a lot of time to lay the groundwork for other characters yeah that i'd be really down for especially when you consider you know the time frame we're in so we're talking about yeah dracula wolfman Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. Yes. You know, like those are... Frankenstein is at the same time. These, all these... Yeah. I think there's something so fun, not for like a... I, I don't think we're doing this to like copy Marvel. I think there is something genuinely exciting because it's what, A, it's what Universal did the originally. Yeah. It's originally. They were all in the same universe back then. And B, there's something so mystical about that period of time late mm -hmm. 1800s early pre-world war one 1900s there is something in fiction that happened in that time period that i don't know if we've ever really gotten to again there was an explosion of ideas that all could very easily weave in and out of each other and exist in the same weird victorian-ish world i totally agree i think it is it, mystical is a great word for it because it it you always think that anything's possible there. Um, it's one of my favorite time periods to see a movie set in too because those yep. stories, visually speaking, it's such a period where you can you can be as old or as new as you want to be, and I think that is so fun. The idea that modern technology back then is the simplest of technology today back then is a miracle, and I think it's so cool to see those those moments of flashing back and yet it's also an old world right where you know <laughs> mysticism would have been expected and part of the norm so you can believe that modern technology is old archaic you know magic practically very 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 cool and i think there's something to be said for it's and this leans more into like how we're going to present the story because i think we both really like the book Dracula is all letters and it's all yeah. it's all letters and journal entries. And there are a lot of actually if, if, if you want to Google and you're liking the show, there's a and you want to read Dracula, but don't necessarily want to read it, which I get uh, there. There are a lot of cool things happening right now. Um, so one group, uh, I forget, I don't know the name of any of these companies. I'll, I'll try and link them down below in the episode description. But there's one company that is sending out daily like postcards and letters of dracula so every day or every week or something you get the chapter you get a new chapter that's so cool and by the end you'll just i think you'll just have this collection of note cards letters notes all this stuff and you'll have dracula just not in like a bound copy there's something awesome about that there's a group who's doing it with emails so every day they mm -hmm. email you and they've like reframed it into the modern eye there is something really powerful about 
treating it like truth. Yeah. And the world is so big at that point, and technology is so limited, there's no picking up the phone and call. You can't call mm-hmm. the, the Ministry of Transylvania and be like, y'all got vampires? <laughs> Someone just tells you there's vampires in Transylvania. <laughs> And and I think you can, I mean, you can clearly see the evolution of that with found footage movies. Like those yeah. are, those are just a clear continuation of Dracula and Frankenstein specifically. 100%. Um, so, so yeah, I think, so they're all, I think they're all in the same universe. That doesn't necessarily mean though, we have to have an Avengers style crossover. I think what could be way more fun is the idea that, you know, maybe there are people in these stories that cross over. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's easily a world where in our perspective is that of a detective or a doctor witnessing these strange cases and trying to thread the through line, figure out what connects the dots. Um, Can I tell you something funny, actually, thinking yeah. about that? Thinking about that, and weirdly enough, thinking about Dr. Michael Morbius. Al Madrigal just did an interview this past week where he was asked about Morbius. Mm-hmm. And he talked about it and he was like, look, the way it was explained to me and that I thought things was going to go down was I was going to become Sony's Nick Fury. I was going to oh. like exactly what we talked about when we talked about Morbius. If you're looking for a laugh track, go check it out. When we talked about that, <laughs> don't don't listen. Don't even listen to Morbius. Like don't engage with it at all as a cultural thing. Uh, give it five years and then we'll make fun of it. But exactly what we talked about in that episode is exactly what he had in mind because it's so obviously the way to go. Yeah. Like, why did you not do it? But anyway, I love this idea of like a, a detective or um, a journalist, like there, maybe there's a re- investigative reporter. Yeah. And when I was writing out my sort of outline, mm-hmm. my, my protagonist, the central character for me is Mina in this Dracula story. I think that's something we can agree that across every story we've found that really centers on her, it's great. It offers just a different window. It's so nice. It's a win, 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 win. It's a win on storytelling level because you get a great POV character with a great personal reason to want to track down Dracula. She wants to avenge Jonathan. And I think on some level, she's always wants some adventure, but she's a woman in a time period where it was very difficult to be a woman. Story-wise, you win. Obviously, culturally, you win. You get If you get the right actress, you can really get a female-led universe. Mm-hmm. Something Marvel is still working on doing, and don't even get me started on DC. Like, <laughs> female-led universe. And it's just different. It's a different angle into Dracula, because we've seen 30-odd movies. Two of them, I would say, have even bothered yeah. to try and involve Mina in any... Or calling her Lucy, but it's actually Mina. Have yeah. ever tried to involve her in anything besides, oh, she's the hot one's best friend. She's yes. Lucy's best friend. Like, and in the book, it's so clearly she's the protagonist because she yes. is the one who collects. We learned this talking to Taker, and you can read it in the book too. She is the one who collected all of the notes. Yes. And I think on Dracula. I think to me, one of the, the best stories we ever get is the second Nosferatu where mm-hmm. we see Lucy, sorry, Amina be the one who tries to figure this out. So yeah. I think in my mind, part one of this story is, yes, there's there's the Jonathan stuff. I mean, it has to go down in order to to get us, set us down this path. I I like the idea of starting with the traditional story of Jonathan going out there. Um, but I think the story revolves around Mina collecting evidence, putting together the science, tracking this down, becomes a very personal story of her versus dracula and then yeah i think i an investigative reporter is exactly what i had in my mind um i i kind of thought of it as though it's um not that we have to throw this in there too because there's maybe too many hats in the circle whatever that phrase is um something like that cats Uh, in the cradle sure thank you um (laughs) is uh is like a sort of dr watson style figure Mm. of like he doesn't have to be a doctor this time. He can be a reporter, but he's like, he's kind of capable. Yeah. He's, but he's, he's more just the kind of the helpful sidekick the whole time. And he's the one who's jotting all of this down, a la Watson tracking Holmes's cases. He's drawn to the supernatural, but he doesn't have that personal stake in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sherlock's always got a, um, 
I mean, all the great detectives have some sort of personal stake in their cases, even if it's just, I'm a detective and this is what I do. <laughs> that counts. That's a personal stake. Yeah. I love that. I think we are, yeah, we are both absolutely in agreement. Mina is the protagonist. I think, so some of the decisions we make when writing this movie are going to have to be what we think is best. And I do think that some of the choices genuinely will have to be, how do we differentiate this movie? Mm-hmm. I think the part that everyone really focuses on with Dracula, the Jonathan stuff, which in the book is like 50 pages or something, like 100, it, maybe people, 150. People don't realize how quick it is in the grand scheme of that story. And I think we need to keep it moving. I think it is, people make it like, people make Jonathan traveling to Transylvania and meeting Dracula and escaping, they make it like act one and a half. Yeah of a three act movie. And it's like, there's just, and then they cut all the other stuff, which I get. Cause it's like you, okay, we've well obviously you've spent an hour of a two and a half, maybe an hour and a half long movie on this guy. Of course you've got to cut Quincy and all these other characters who are really interesting and really help build out the world in a meaningful way. And, mm-hmm. and they always, they're like, we want to do Lucy, but we don't want to give Lucy the like, 200 pages of buildup that she gets (laughs) we just want her to be hot and dracula seduces her and then she's the woman in white like we i think we need to take our time with that middle section i totally agree i feel lazy but i'm like look i think we add a little bit of stuff at the beginning i think we add a little bit of stuff at the end i think we shorten some stuff in the middle and then the rest is just like do the book yeah the book's so good yeah, I agree. And I think I think what's interesting is then we get to decide. I agree. I think it has to be book-centric in that way. Um, I really like the idea of, as I said before, Mina sort of collecting evidence, tracking people down, other characters who enter the story like a Van Helsing, another character that we either see totally ignored or really, really involved. And it sounds but again, boring, but... He- but- He's always the same way. There, if, so if yeah. you don't know, there is, a, there is a pulp figure, there's a pulp character named Solomon Kane, mm-hmm. who is a um, great character, really racist books, um, but great character. And that's basically what they make Van Helsing into. They make him into the monster hunter. Yeah. And this is one of those decisions, I think, story and to make it ours unique, I think we got to move away from that a little, little bit. I agree. I, I, I'm envisioning Van Helsing, it's, he's not quite what he was in the 1931 Bela Lugosi, where he is like, there's an old German man who's wandering around with mirrors being like, ha, he's not in it. Like, you know what I mean? But, <laughs> he can be scientific, but that doesn't mean he's like, I know how to kill it. Get my shotgun. Like, why, yeah. whoa, why do you have that? Whoa. Because I, I think w- another thing we talk about is how how much you and I really enjoy sort of the mythos that they build around vampires and where all this starts. And I really like the idea that Mina's the one collecting the current evidence. She is the one that this story is about happening right now. And Van Helsing is the guy who's been trying to figure it out for the last few hundred years. And then at a certain point, their evidence combines, right? And she's the one who puts together the pieces of what he has. I've got it. I've got the scene where she discovers it. I think we really make lucy's um lucy's estate in whitby i think we make that like our main location for Mm -hmm. act two i think that's where lucy obviously is where lucy dies and is buried but i think it's also where the mystery comes together i want to there's never a parlor scene Mm -hmm. in dracula and i think we need one Mm -hmm. i think we need it to be after lucy has been killed and i think we have i love you i'm You've you've created such an evocative image here of Mina going around and gathering notes. I think we have a scene earlier on because because Van Helsing is introduced very late in the book, and I do think we mm-hmm. need to introduce him a little bit earlier, cool. but not as this like badass monster hunter. I think it's just he is having lunch with Seward, mm-hmm. and they're like having lunch, and maybe he's just like I've got to go. This there's a patient. He leaves a book with Seward, and Seward's like it's just this book of like old legends and stuff. He wants me to read over. 
J- Seward doesn't give it the time of day. Mina, though, reads it. And I think we get this great scene of her in, like, the lounge or something. Because they're like, you can't, women don't go in the library. She's But she's, like, she's got, like, that open. And then she's got Jonathan's journal open. Mm-hmm. And it's waterlogged and, like, half the pages are missing and stuff. But she starts, like, looking at this book. And she pieces it together slowly. And then she goes to Seward and is like, look at this. And he's like, oh, my God. Whoa. <laughs> That's this. Oh, my God. Yeah. OK, it's yes. coming together. I'm I seeing it. It's coming together. together. And I think, you know, and this this has gotten me thinking about one of the best parts of the OG and the newer Nosferatu is when Jonathan's sitting there reading the book. Right. And he starts to put two and two together. And then Nosferatu, we get that moment where Nosferatu crosses towards him as though, like, it doesn't matter that he figured it out. He's already doomed. Yeah. I'm you know, I you can see the moment. Whereas Mina starts to put it together and figure out and, you know, Seward comes in and gets involved and all this starts to happen. You can see that happening while Lucy is already doomed. And that's how we kind of get this moment of like, ah, it's kind of too late for these some of these people. Yeah, because I think, I think they, yeah, they're constantly behind him. Yeah, I think that's what that's part of how we know Dracula is smart. Right. We talk about the intelligence factor. Is that by the time people usually figure out what's going on, he's 90% done and almost out the door. I think that's why it's hard for me to imagine this is such a, like, as one movie, is because to, to give all of that justice, you have, to, you have to see them kind of lose yeah, so that they can then win later. I think there's honestly also, I think there's a real potential here to do... <laughs> It's controversial, and I know we said we wanted to stick close to the book, but again, playing into the fact that the audience knows what's happening. Do we skip the opening? Do we skip Jonathan going to Transylvania? Do we pick up after that? Oh, I like that. And so, and it's, it's fucking controversial. Do we not show Dracula at all? Until he comes into like civilized society, like that's their first introduction to him. Yes, I love that. I do we love do that. that? Like, well, because it, and it it's the ball's already rolling once we meet these characters from this perspective. It's one of the worst parts of the Jonathan setup that people indulge is it takes so long, and unless you're really gonna you know, amp it up and in, and build the suspense like they do in Dracula 2020, actually released in 2020, that moment doesn't really work usually. So I'm really in the idea that we get this slow build up. <laughs> if, you're wondering why Evan, if you're wondering why Evan's laughing, I've, I've finally got an office chair just delivered oh. to me. <laughs> So I was slowly lowering my standing desk down so I can actually sit. I really thought you were trying to be like Dracula, like this is your shot idea as we get one of him just slowly his eyes peeking above the table. Really confused there. (laughs) But I think we can get because I think I don't think the whole thing should be voiceover. I don't think that's I don't think Mm -hmm. that's anything. But I, I do think there is a I think there's a chance here. To have, um, have you, did you watch Wrath of Man mm-hmm. with Jason Statham? I actually did watch this movie with my brother. <laughs> I watched this movie very recently on streaming. I watched it like two weeks ago. It's kind of all over the place, as a, especially as a Guy Ritchie movie. <laughs> but it does a very clever thing that I love, where it has these, every, like, it doesn't even open with one of these chapter cards. It's just like halfway through the beginning of the movie, they're just like, chapter two now now post malone's in it but i think we can take as soon as i started watching it, i was like "Ooh, i don't love it for this movie but i do like it as a movie framing thing mm-hmm. and then i think halfway through the movie so wrath of man uh jason statham guy Ritchie movie loves me jason statham yeah but absolutely. halfway through this movie they're just like chapter two now it's the bad guys. And they spend legitimately 30 minutes just building up the antagonists mm-hmm. who up to this point, we have never met. Yeah, it is kind of effective. 
and I think there's something interesting. The three chapter, oh, sorry, the four chapters are called A Dark Spirit. Ooh, yeah. Scorched Earth, Bad Animals Bad, and Liver, Lungs, Spleen, and Heart. Kind of like. Which is intense and not what we should do. But, but I again, think like, something yeah. like that could really, really work. I agree. And I really like this idea of like, another thing that, that movie does is it kind of sets off with a mystery uh, as you try to find out. <laughs> I don't know it's, if we can know, do spoilers for Wrath of Man. It's incredibly weird to bring up Wrath of Man <laughs> talking about this Dracula, but truly the whole time I was watching it, I was like, there is something cool about action is happening and you don't know why. Yeah. And that, you don't it, know who is the quote unquote good guy and bad guy. Yes. It's just playing catch up. 85% of the movie you're playing catch up. And I yeah. think a story like Dracula, which everyone is going to come in and be like, I know what's going to happen. The more we keep people on their toes, the yeah. better off I think we're actually going to be. Well, and then it lets us, yeah, for, for those who don't know Wrath of Man, he, he does start off immediately with Jason Statham is just like a mystery guy. Nobody yeah. knows who he is, but he's really fucking good at his job and everybody's terrified of him. There are these armed robberies of uh, armored trucks, like money trucks that are happening. And for the first hour of the movie, you can't tell if Jason Statham's in on it, if he knows about it, yeah. if he's trying to stop it. You don't know. I love the idea of bringing yeah. that energy into this. Because then, yeah, again, it, it lets us start off with this. We Everyone knows the story already. So how do we get ahead of them? We literally just jump it forward to the mystery part. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have a voiceover start the movie with a black screen saying, you think you know this story. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. We just make sure you don't know the story. Yeah. I like that. And honestly, do okay, okay. Do we really go for it and just take the story? Because again, the story is great. But do we just take the story, chop it up, and rearrange it? I think so. Because I well, this is something this is something I was playing around with was this idea of how do we rearrange some of this to, to keep people guessing what's gonna happen next. If you know how the story goes. The best way to do it is just to say you just don't know how it's going to come to you. Yeah. And what started floating through my head was like, okay, it's a departure from the book. But it could be really cool to see Mina, after she, once she starts to piece together the evidence, if she starts to track through Jonathan's arc a little bit. So rather than seeing Jonathan go to Transylvania, find his way to the Borgel Pass, find his way to the castle. If we're watching Mina approach an empty castle and all of that as she figures out what happens, and by the time she gets back to London, to civilized society, Dracula's there and he's a gentleman. He's the new guy in town. And that's the first time we meet him. Ooh, I like this scene of Mina going to the castle. And like it's alone, you know. Maybe she has to. If we want to fold in a little action there, maybe she's fighting off the brides. Maybe she's just discovering the corpse of Jonathan. You know, like there's things like oh, so that. So, do we kill Jonathan? Well, that's another question I was going to ask because <laughs> I don't think there's a reason to keep him alive. I, that's exactly what I was going to say. Unless we're trying to stretch this story out. If I think if we're keeping to the book, though, I think it's way way more haunting for her if she finds a dead Jonathan there and that's how that's what really sets her off down this path of like I'm going to end this monster I love this setup <laughs> so I literally think what we have to do next is just try and figure out what scenes we think from the book should stay again mm -hmm. most of them because a lot of you know, like as with the, like books to movies, you trim a lot of fat, not by cutting scenes, but literally just by cutting out the directions and the descriptions in the book that you can just show because it's a visual thing. Right. Mina's our POV character. Dracula maybe doesn't show up for the first mm -hmm. 30, pa 30 pages. Yeah. 40 if we're feeling frisky. Yeah. I like it. So we are going to... Keep watching these movies. Keep diving in. 
keep figuring out what makes this guy tick, and more importantly, how to do it better. Yeah. How can these numbers help us? How can we use the math? It's the classical note about writing, is use as much math <laughs> and stats as possible. <laughs> Classic advice. Nothing says heart like math. Nothing says human emotion like math. <laughs> what do you want to watch next week? Sorry, sorry we missed a week there. I was driving cross-country. Evan had rehearsals till 11 p.m. We thought we could make it work, and we just couldn't. Just didn't happen. Just didn't happen. And sorry that you had to listen to us talk about plot for 45 <laughs> minutes. Next time we talk about this, we'll bring some pages. Maybe we'll read some pages back and forth yeah. of some stuff. You know, I'd just like to say, I bet we could pull together a lovely little cast of our, of, our uh, of some friends around town and uh, get a good reading of this. Have a done fun little day. reading going yeah. on. Just, yeah. saying. just saying. No, I love that idea. <laughs> All right, that's what we're gonna do. That'll so we'll we'll keep watching some movies, but next time we come around to this, because this is of course the goal is to use math to write the perfect script. <laughs> what do you want to watch next week? I mean, I'm ready for anything. Do we? I I I. Uh, you know what I was reading about the other day though was uh, it was when we were doing the the Bruce Lee one. It led me to the. Uh, what is it? Is it Seven The Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires? Seven Golden Vampires, yeah. That Which I started really. accidentally. Oh, really? Yeah, I got confused. Oh, was it good? Uh, it was actually pretty good on it. The <laughs> I watched the of, opening scene. It was pretty good. All right, let's do it. Legend of, of Seven, Golden, Seven Golden, Vampires. Golden Vampires. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, this one is also on YouTube. You can watch this uh-huh. whole thing on YouTube for free. 1974. The first the first 10 minutes are very good. I'm in. Um, yeah, 1974 martial arts horror film when seven golden vampires clad in gold masks are resurrected by Count Dracula, played by John Forbes Robertson. A century later, Peter Cushing as Professor Van Helsing, known in the world for his exploits with Dracula, is recruited by a man and his seven siblings, a lot of sevens, after giving a lecture at a Chinese university to take on the vampires. Yeah. All right. I'm in. I'm very excited. This was directed by Roy Ward Baker. Oh. Best known for 1958's A Night to Remember, which he won a Golden Globe for. Yeah, this guy's this is like an actual director. This is a this is a super legit director. Oh my god. Did a lot of Jekyll and Hyde stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I believe we've also seen another one of his Draculas. I don't think this was the first one he did. Son of Scars of Dracula. Oh, Scars of Dracula was him. Okay. (laughs) Which we didn't love, but okay. Um, How do you want to leave the show today? Oh, I guess we have a little (laughs) free reign, but... um, God, who is our... uh, No, 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 no. I want to be carried off in the arms of our sexiest Dracula, Castlevania. Mm, Baby. Yeah, sweep me off my feet. Um, my boyfriend is going to pick him, pick me up in his pillar of fire (laughs) and we're going to go read some books together. Yeah. We'll see you next week for the legend of the seven golden vampires where we're going to wear golden masks and you won't know because it's all audio. Good night. Good night.